On December 18th, 2015, the Star Wars sequel trilogy launched itself into our hearts and minds. Um, and on the same day, the short story collection Before the Awakening was also released onto a potentially unsuspecting public. Um, today, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Before the Awakening, and this is the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. <laughs> Welcome or welcome back to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. This is Morgan, otherwise known as Not A Force User. Um, and I am coming at you today with a couple of fairly new contributors. Um, some of them you've heard their voices before. Some of them are entirely new to this. Uh, first off, we've got Star Wars Paddle 101 himself, John. Welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Our second contributor is entirely new. This is Other Worlds Reads, um, and that's Tanner. Welcome, Tanner. Thank you so much. It is an honor to be on this podcast. We're so excited to have you. Um, so if it's okay with you guys, we're going to talk a little bit about what this book is, and then we'll kind of just jump right into your overall impressions. So um, the Star Wars Before the Awakening is an anthology. It's by Greg Rucka. Um, it's an anthology of three short stories about the three main characters of the sequel trilogy. Um, it's billed as a middle grade book, um, although as we say here very frequently on this podcast, the middle grade books are not necessarily really middle grade books. These are, these are for everyone. Um, but it gives us a story about Finn, it gives us a story about Rey, and it gives us a story about Poe. Um, so I guess if it's okay, I'll start with you, Tanner. What was your overall impression of this short story collection and perhaps which of them might be your favorite? Um, the, I feel like the junior novels in the Star Wars universe often get written off as um, maybe too childish or not geared towards um, you know, fans like the other novels are, like the Del Rey and the Random Worlds books. But mm -hmm. I really liked this collection of short stories. I think it gives really detailed stories of each of the three main characters leading up to The Force Awakens. And personally, Pose was my favorite because I feel like he has the most ability to move around. And he's also the most free. Where, you know, Finn, he's constantly under the watch of Captain Phasma in the First Order. Yeah. Ray. She's trapped on Jakku and that connection to her family. Whereas Poe, he is all for the cause and he wants to see change. And that's ultimately what leads from him going from the New Republic to the Resistance. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, how about you, John? What was your, your overall thoughts and maybe which one was your favorite? Yeah. Uh, and I remember seeing this book in bookshelves, and certainly it wasn't in the adult section by any means. But because there was such a gap between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, I didn't care. You know, any story that would give us a little bit of history, yeah. I'll take it yeah. all day long. Yeah. And yeah, and of the three in there, uh, Rays was my favorite. Perfect. I. I think it's great that we all three have different favorites because my personal favorite in this collection was Finn's um, just because I think it's really interesting to look at that uh, training sequence or how how do we get to the point where you are a stormtrooper who may or may not be thinking about 
is what I'm doing correct? Um, is this is really the path that I want to be going down? Um, just like real quick before we jump into the rest of these, when did you guys read this? Did you read it close to the release of the book and close to the release of the film, or did you read it more recently? Definitely not recently, as in in the last couple of years. I definitely picked this up after The Force mm-hmm. Awakens. Yeah. But I think it sat on a shelf for a while. Um, in fact, I think I read Bloodline even before that. Um, for me personally, I don't remember how long this book has been on my shelf. It's probably been a really long time. But I did not read it until uh, about a month ago. And it was really good. It was so intriguing that I got through it in like a day because I just kept turning the pages having to know like where are these characters going which is amazing to do considering that we haven't even seen them in this film yet and we're near where they're gonna go but it's like how did they get there yeah I was I was similar to you on this one Tanner so I I didn't really get back into reading until a couple years ago. Um, So it wasn't really even on my radar that Star Wars books was a thing that I was going to be so big into until recently. So it was, it was kind of cool reading it later, but I'm imagining that it would have been so much better um, to read it up front um, when it had first come, maybe not when it first come out, but closer to that time. Um, Cause I imagine this would have lent a lot of, uh, necessary backstory to these characters that that we kind of miss out on a little bit when we just jump straight into the movie. So let's talk about Finn's story, my, my favorite story a little bit. Um, and in particular, I'd, I'd like to know, because I, I said that I really enjoy how this one ties into all of the Republic and Imperial and First Order training stories, um, because I feel like there's a pretty rich tradition in Star Wars storytelling of that. Maybe it's been established a little bit more since this point, um, but I feel like we've seen a decent amount of what that training looks like. Um, and how do you how do you think that this one stacks up and how do you think it compares? Because that's really what we're seeing, right? With, with um, Finn's story is he's going in um, as a trainee, being ready to become a first order trooper and we see kind of his his turn away from dogmatically accepting to questioning and it and it leads us directly into the events of the force awakens so tanner if you wouldn't mind going first on this one what are your thoughts about um this story yeah for sure well um Relating back to the traditions of the Republic and um, the Empire, the first thing I thought of when reading the story was it brought me back to the Clone Wars, the episode of the cadets on Kamino. And I was like, this is exactly that, that tight knit group that they're going to go back for each other, regardless of what anyone else tells them. But it almost felt more rigid here certainly than the republic and maybe even a little bit more than the empire because afterwards when captain phasma is talking to him she's like you cannot go back for him and he's like torn because he knows he has a duty Mm -hmm. but he's also not going to just let someone get left behind for no reason if he can save them yeah absolutely i see you nodding your head very aggressively on this one john it seems like you you agree heartily on that tanner 100 percent that 
visual in the Clone Wars uh, animated series when they're in a training and they're trying to get through the, the obstacles and whatnot. That is exactly the same visual uh, I had on, on Finn's story yeah. as well. So spot yeah. on. I, I would add into that, and like I think it might just be a this podcast thing, uh, but everyone on this podcast is absolutely like massive super fans of the Servants of the Empire s- series, those four books. Um, and it gives you the very much, very similar vibes to those books as well, because it feels like Finn is very much the same thing as Zara Leonis. Um, he. He's there, he's doing this training, he's doing well, he's doing better than everybody else. He's the leader, he's the one that they're choosing to go ahead and do all of this stuff. But at the same time, he's like, why is it that me trying to make the other people around me better, me going back to help these people is the wrong thing to do? I, I don't understand. And he has that same sort of disillusionment that, that uh, Zare has. I just wish that he would have played grab ball, it would have made it so much better. But he was a born leader, right? If, if the story says nothing else that he was born to be a friend so what we saw in rise of the skywalker was not a surprise by any means yeah and i think this fleshes out his character so much better in that way because we don't necessarily see that as much in the films um and i'll probably talk about this soon whenever we talk about the novelizations but if you look at the adult novelization of the force awakens it makes him out to be like a bumbling buffoon and this is like, no, he, he is skilled. He's, he knows what he's doing. So I, I like seeing that as well. Um, so I feel like we've kind of kind of addressed most of the, our, our concerns and our thoughts about Finn's story, which still has that really special piece of my heart because it reminds me so he reminds me so much of Zer Leonis, and we love Zer Leonis here. Um, but we should probably move on to Ray's story, which looks at Ray on the planet Jakku before all of the events of the force awakens, obviously where she's just trying to get by, she finds a ship um, and she starts fixing that up, but it's not really necessarily even about her fixing up that ship. It's about her learning how to maybe trust or maybe not trust other people. Um, And I think it's a really interesting story in that way. I mean, obviously Ray's, reception was pretty divisive at the beginning uh, especially if you were a star wars fan online at that point in time um so i I think it's it's interesting to see that one and i know that you said that this was your favorite john so i'll let you talk about ray's story first if you don't mind of course sure and for those that have gotten to know me the last couple of years online the, the thing that i look for the most in any star wars story is the emotion the heart the soul and you know when i was much much younger it was always about the adventure and as i had gotten older it it was about the the emotion you know and for this story and how it ended and and i remember sitting on a couch reading this i mean i was hurt my feelings were hurt yeah and i felt so bad for ray And, and i know she was at peace with what happened because at the end of the day, she didn't want to leave the planet regardless. Yeah. But when, when the, the two had taken all of her work and left her there, it, to me, that just got to my, my feeling. I mean, I felt so bad for her. And after reading that, I was like, oh, my gosh. It's like she can't have anything nice. They, they just take everything away from her. Nice. It's not even that That's she can't right. have anything nice. She just can't have anything. It all gets taken away from her. That's right, and she's she's so tr- she's so trusting, you know. And maybe that's just the 
pureness of her own heart mm-hmm. where people just can't do no wrong. And she can't imagine anyone doing something like that to her. And to me, that's really what, what got to me. Absolutely. And Tanner? Yeah, I agree. I remember um, when she finds the ship and she's like thinking of all the things that she can do for it. And the part where um, it says that she thinks, okay, I can probably get this many portions from Unker for this. I just immediately was so sad for her because I thought you could take this ship and you could escape and you could go look for your family or look for a new life, but you're still so clinging on to that fact that they're coming back for you. And I just felt so sad, especially knowing what we know from the films that she was not going to find her family. It's just heartbreaking to see her still try to attach onto that. And even when um, Davy and the other character, they both, they take the ship, you know, she is obviously disappointed, but she said that she can't blame them because they actually wanted to leave. Sorry, the the clues were there, right? Tanner, to your point, her end goal wasn't to leave, and and it was all paved throughout this short story. She she just wanted credits. By no means at all did she want to leave, and yet when it does happen and she gets abandoned, you, you still felt it. You know that you still felt the betrayal of what they Absolutely. did. Absolutely. And one other thing that this story does that I appreciate is we had a lot of people up front saying like who is this this ray like she doesn't have any experiences how is she flying the falcon how is she doing all of these things this one's like no she has these experiences she's used a flight simulator for hours upon hours upon hours because what else was she gonna do she's just hanging out in the deserts of jakku um she has to be trained in hand-to-hand combat because if you're not you die (laughs) Um, or you lose all your stuff, you don't get any portions, all of these sorts of things. So it kind of uh, has an argument to throw in the face of all of those, like, raise a Mary Sue people. So I like that for for this as well. I am also contractually obligated to point out that this is Chris's favorite as well. So I think that means it's objectively the best one, right? <laughs> So we we know that that Ray gave us the uh, the heart and soul of of this collection of short stories, but we want to go for the adventure still, right? So following along John's ideas there of heart and soul versus adventure, the, the adventure seems to come in primarily with Poe's story, um, and it it kind of just tells us the entire journey that he makes from being a New Republic pilot um, and being a part of that established system to realizing that maybe that's that's not the way forward um and his his essential eventual uh deflection to the resistance that rises at the end um so we know this one was your favorite tanner so do you want to go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit more about that and especially maybe how it helps us to to flush out this transition from new republic to resistance yeah, for sure. Um, well, the thing I like the most about this is that Greg Rucka really captures Poe's personality and his spunk and desire to get into the fight yes. amazingly. And um, I like that we also kind of saw how at the beginning, of course, he's flying with the New Republic, how the New Republic has already fallen back to its old ways from before the Empire of falling into like bureaucracy and there's so it's such a process to get anything done when things are happening the first order is gaining on their territory it, they're you know 
taking over people's lives and the new Republic is doing little to stop it. And I like that when he gets to meet Leia, he gets to express that. And she's like, here's your opportunity to actually do that. Yeah. To step up and make a change fight for what you actually believe in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, John, what about your thoughts on this? You know, Poe, his character is there for the, for the young at heart, you know, folks that want to be swashbuckling adventures, and rightfully so. And you see all of that through the story, but it's at the end where he does talk to Leia and she brings up the fact that it's, you can be the best pilot in it and, and be fully trained and all of that, but at the end of the day, it's all about hope. Yeah. And for, you know, for me, Star Wars, it, it's, it's that magic that you hold on to that really wins the day. You know, it, to me, it's, it's that, it's that lesson out of all of this. And it's more than just good guys versus bad guys. And I love that. That's what Leia does for Poe in that story. Yeah. I love that. That's so well stated. Um, and Star Wars has always been a like story about hope, right? It's been about just people coming together. It's, it's, Yes, we have these big heroes, and these three obviously end up being some of our big heroes, but it's never been about that. It's been about everyone coming together to fight for something that they believe in, which is, I think, what we're leaning into at the end of of Poe's story as well. Um, and especially looking at, we, we said about a little bit more about the uh, the New Republic and I think it's it's nice that now we're seeing a little bit more of what that New Republic looks like. At this point, there wasn't very much. Um, we had Aftermath. We had a few other little um, bits and pieces of what things looked like after the original trilogy. But at, at this point, there there's not really that much lead up to, okay, so why is the New Republic not there? Why is there a First Order? Um why would somebody not be fighting with the New Republic? Why would they be fighting with the Resistance instead? So this is kind of a really nice bridge to help people get that understanding, especially given that it comes out at the same time that the film does. Like I said, I remember when Force Awakens was first released, you know, there's the Resistance. And we, we asked, like, how can something like this happen after Luke saved the day? Yeah. And, you know, eternal peace is 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 our our, our headcanon at that point and this book and bloodline I, I think are such important foundations you know leading up to to the sequel trilogy that are must reads for sure absolutely yeah I would say that I agree bloodline and this book together really lay out the foundation for those sequels because like you said when we were introduced to the force awakens and you hear about this resistance it's like how are we almost in the same place where we left off in return of the jedi with trying to overcome this you know imperial remnant essentially um like how did we get there but especially finn's story since he's in the midst of that and he's you know been indoctrinated over the history and whatnot and also poe having served in the new republic getting those two perspectives as to what the other side is doing and how that has developed since the empire fell is really critical to understanding some of the big um, plot points of the force awakens and the sequels 
Absolutely. Now, before we wrap it up, I've got one last kind of question that goes along with this one. Um, and it kind of deals with where this sits in the publishing timeline. Uh, so everything prior to this book, and especially all the other books that kind of look similar, the nice like black and red and white grayscale books that we had um, in the that junior line, up until this point, they were all Journey to the Force Awakens. This one is actually a tie-in. It's not necessarily Journey to the Force Awakens. Um, but I guess my question is, do you think that this one meets the brief? Does this prepare us um, for the Force Awakens or maybe kind of help to flesh out the Force Awakens a little bit more? And as a, as a side on that, do we feel that it uh, is a good recommendation to a new Star Wars reader? Yeah, for sure. And to me, the importance of this book is that it humanizes the characters. And I know a lot of the criticism is on race side because of how quickly she adopts the force and all of that. But that's the whole reason this book was released is because they all had their trials and tribulations. They all had challenges. They weren't just thrown into the mix and became heroes immediately. They paid their dues. And with Ray's story being my favorite, I mean, the damage that was done, waiting for her family. I mean, if that doesn't tell you how human she is, I don't know how else to, to you know, paint that story for anyone, right? So, so yeah, I, I do recommend this book. And Tanner, you, you, you pointed out earlier, you can easily get through this in a day. Yeah. In such a short investment and, you know, long-term foundation from the characters, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Definitely a must-read. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's good because it is short stories. So for people who are fans of the movies who maybe aren't big into reading or aren't familiar with, like, novels in the Star Wars universe, it's very good because they're short stories, but they also tell you everything you need to know about these characters leading into the movies and like we've said multiple times now it lays the foundation for where these characters are going i mean at the end of finn's story they are flying to jakku to like you know find poe and lore santeca and you know for the other ones you know ray and poe we don't know exactly how close to the force awakens that their stories take place but we can assume it's relatively soon so i think it's it's really helpful um especially for fans who either love the force awakens or have never seen it to get um a foundation on those characters absolutely there's only so much you can do with a film right a film is a couple hours and it's self-contained and you can't show a lot of those internal workings so it's really nice to have a book like this that gives us that um the showing us the trials and tribulations, showing us that they've paid their dues, essentially. Um, it's, it's really nice to see that in written form. Now, before we completely wrap it up, are there any final thoughts that either of you would like to to add on this one? Or are we do we feel like we've beat this horse into the ground at this point? Tanner, do you want to go ahead first? Um, yeah, I mean, I think between the three of us, we've all really um, talked in depth about these stories. But I mean, they're just... They really surprised me, and I think what surprised me the most was Finn's story, because, you know, in the movie we hear he's like, oh, I worked sanitation, but here we see him in a leadership position, 
And like John, like you mentioned earlier, where we see him in the rise of Skywalker, it makes so much more sense now. Like, wow, he actually was doing good and Phasma had so much hope for him. But those internal thoughts that, you know, we can't see in the movie, we see that here and it makes so much more sense as to how these characters develop across the whole sequel trilogy. It's probably free from your library. I mean, I, I have my copy here, but if you can't find it on the bookshelf anywhere, just please download it. It's for free from your library app and such a small investment. Absolutely. Please read these books. Like these junior books in particular are such an easy pickup. They're, they're so enjoyable. I think even if you are a, somebody who doesn't necessarily like these characters, maybe this will help you like these characters a little bit more. That said, it's time for us to wrap up. Um, the last thing that we usually do here is we tell the folks listening at home who maybe haven't found you guys on the internet yet where they can do so. So Tanner, where can the people listening find you specifically on the internet if you want to be found? If you don't, you don't have to tell them. For sure. Well, right now I am only on Instagram. My account is otherworlds.reads. I just do book reviews mostly on Star Wars books, but sometimes on others. But um, I'm so behind on my Star Wars canon and I guess Legends 2 reading that um, reading them and then reviewing them, that's mainly what I do. So if you want to go check out my posts and follow me, I you can find me there on Instagram. Excellent. So people do that. <laughs> Tanner's posts are really good. Um, and then John, if you wouldn't mind people finding you, where can they where can they do that? Of course, uh, Star Wars Pada one zero one on both Instagram and Threads. Love to meet you. Love to hang out with you. And more importantly, let's talk Star Wars books all day long. Excellent. And in case you don't know, I am still not a Force user on most of the platforms um and i'm very frequently going to show up here especially on canning catch up on the star wars book community podcast um and that's it bye guys thanks see ya thank you bye <laughs>